Brad, welcome to the show. Thank Benjamin. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice to meet you. This is our first time uh, meeting uh, one another, so it's uh, it's great to have you on the podcast, and uh, I appreciate your time. And um, want to talk a little bit about this idea that um, that you obviously believe in quite a bit. This idea of grit. Um, tell the audience. I've heard this this word. I think there are some books out there, obviously too, with grit. What is this idea about grit and why is this so important? Yeah, so, and you're right, I, I didn't coin the word grit. There are books written on it. In fact, a lady by the name of Angela Duckworth, is she probably gets a lot of the um, the, the renowned uh, fan base for, for putting grit like on the map. And, uh, and yeah, she's the one that really got me thinking about it. I, I came across her TED Talk about seven years ago. It was an awesome TED Talk, it's only about six minutes but she was basically talking about how in her research, grit is a likely predictor of success in life. Not talent, but grit, hard work, that type stuff. And she had this grit scale that you can take, and she still has it on her website. I just looked at it the other, the other day. In fact, it's 10 questions. Mm. It, it takes like three minutes. And you answer these questions, and then you'll learn basically how gritty you are compared to all the other people that took the test. And nice. when I took when I yeah, when I took it, it, it's based on a score one through five. So five being like a paragon of grit, one having like nothing. I scored like a, I scored like a 2.2, man. And oh, that was, no. dude, it was a, it was a gut check. I mean, talk about the ego just going from like here, like yeah, all the way down. And at first I didn't want to believe it, but as I, as I started thinking about it and self-diagnosing the way the questions were worded, I was like, yeah, that, that is me. Like I tend to, give up on things and move on to the next shiny project. And I had lots of projects that I just never um, saw through to the finish line. And that got me rocking, man, because I'm very competitive by nature. I, I, I know you have a sales background, as do I. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to be in medical sales. I know you were in pharma. Yeah. And, and you know, that's, that's competitive. Sales is just competitive. Yeah. And I thought, man, how do I, how do I get grittier? And yeah. I, read her, I read her book, Front to Back, and basically you can grow grit from the inside out. You can grow it from the outside in. And I wanted like instant gratification. So I wanted something from the outside that was going to shape me and form me. And yeah. that's, that's when I chose to, uh, I chose to go to this camp put on by Navy SEALs. And it's a, it's a watered down version of hell week, man. And, wow. uh, and sort of the rest is history, but that's, that's really how it started is with that, with that book, with that word grit and, yeah you had asked earlier um, or I think you had mentioned earlier, there are lots of definitions of it. It's kind of one of those things that people struggle to, to really say what it is. And, and there are different meanings, which is, which is totally cool. I like that because it's open for interpretation. And yeah. it's not one of those things that you can immediately look at someone and say, Oh yeah, they got it. They got grit. I can tell just by the way they look. Yeah. No, that's, that's not it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Angela says it's the power of passion and, and perseverance over, over the long haul. And I've kind of come up with my own definition. Okay. And this has evolved over time. But I like to say that grit is um, it's uncommon perseverance mm. in the face of adversity, backed by a strong why to achieve a worthy goal. Mm. Say that and one more time. That's yeah, I'd love to time. repeat it, man, because there's really four parts to that. So it's yeah. uncommon perseverance. Okay. And to me, that's 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 the effort, right? That's the that's the hard work. Um, that's not giving up on yourself. 
in the face of adversity, I got to put adversity in there, man. Cause yep. you know, when it's sunny and, and the weather's nice, everybody wants to put on their shoes and go for a run, but man, <laughs> I don't know where you live, but I live in Indiana. It's supposed to snow yeah. tomorrow morning. It was just 75 the day before. It's like, I, I see a lot of people running. <laughs> yeah. So, right. so, you know, you got to face that adversity yeah. and it's got to be backed by a strong why. I mean, time and time again, no matter what it is you're doing, whether you're trying to wake up early, you're working on something at your job, or you got a passion you're working on, you got to know why you're doing it. Because at some point, you're probably going to get bored, going to want to go to that next project or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the last part's to to achieve achieve a worthy goal. So you know, make sure that goal aligns with um, your passions, your principles, your purpose. Yeah. So again, it's uncommon perseverance in the face of adversity, backed by a strong why to achieve a worthy goal. Yeah, I love that. No, that's fantastic. Tell the audience, in case some are not aware of, you mentioned the the Navy SEALs and this watered down version of uh, of Hell Week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm familiar with Hell Week, but tell the audience, like, what did this what did this look like for you? Because obviously, it had this huge impact. Where and I'm curious, is that where um, the the School of Grit, your coaching program, did all of this emerge after that? Tell us a little bit more about that experience. Yeah, it all was forged in that fire, so to speak. That's where the book and and the coaching program and all that really evolved from. But up until that point, so I was, I'm 43 now and I was about 34 at the time Mm -hmm. and life was good, man. It was cush, but you know what the problem was? It was too, (laughs) it was too comfortable. Yeah, it really was. And not that I didn't go through typical everyday stuff, but like when I compared, or if you listen to like motivational speakers and podcasts a lot a lot of these guests at least that I would listen to had these just incredible life experiences right brushes with death fought diseases uh deployed multiple times raised in a broken home man I didn't have any of that like mm-hmm. I I came from a loving family mm-hmm. thank thank god right I mean mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the oldest of four we all are super close uh my parents are still married never had to worry about having a roof over my head or, or having enough to eat. We were, we were middle-class man. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, we weren't rich by any stretch of the imagination, but I knew we weren't poor because yep. I, cause I knew what those, what those two different groups look like. And I knew I didn't quote unquote belong in either one. So I was just kind of in the middle, you know, going along and, um, you know, I had to study, but grades, Grades came. I, I made I made decent enough grades, right? I, I worked just hard enough mm-hmm. to get decent grades. I could make friends. And I just I just had this epiphany that um like in my mid thirties that, you know, life's life's good, but man, it's too comfortable. And I've never really put myself in that position. Purpose what I say is um un- my book is all about unlocking your potential through what I call purposeful adversity. I've never on purpose put myself into adversity to really figure out who I am, what my character is, what I'm made of, Yeah, you know? And, and I think a lot of times that's what it takes, especially in today's society with technology and social media and TV and just all this 24 seven stuff, man, mm. we, we, we need something just to like shock our system and, yeah. and get rid of that. And let's get, let's get a little primal. Yeah. So, so that's, <laughs> that's, that was the sort of epiphany I had in my mid thirties and, and uh, it was kind of sheer luck. I went on to uh, to YouTube, which I'm sure you're very familiar with, as are most of the listeners. I consume a lot of, of, of media that way. And I literally typed in uh, world's toughest civilian training. And this camp popped up 
wow. called Kokoro Camp. Yeah. Kokoro is a Japanese term uh, that means the blending of heart and mind into action. Mm. And it's put on by a company called Seal Fit out in California. And the guy that runs that is one of my uh, mentors. His name's Mark Devine. He's a former yeah. uh, former Navy SEAL. Yeah. I'm yeah. Familiar with Mark. Are you familiar yeah. with Mark? Yeah. He runs yeah. Unbeatable Mind as well. Yep. Yep. So uh, I saw a video and I still remember it. Like, yeah. like just like I remember Angela Duckworth talking about grit in her TED talk. I remember Mark and he was addressing this class at Kokoro camp and he, he you know, big guy, uh, muscular dude. He's wearing glasses, chiseled chin, and he's just yep. arms crossed looking out at this, this class of people that signed up and he looks out and he says, rejoice in adversity. Mm. rejoice and adversity how do we grow as human beings it's through adversity mm. warriors seek out the severest of schools in order to forge their character yeah welcome to the severest of schools and i was like <laughs> holy sh-, you know the hair on the back of my neck rose i got goosebumps and i still get goosebumps when i say that and i just said man, i i just knew you know when you just know like you can't really explain it i was like i i got to go there like i'm going to find something i don't know what yeah. i can't even hardly explain it to anyone if they if they want to ask me why but like i got to go do this yeah yeah so that's that was it man and then Very i took cool. action on it right i yeah. signed up and went nice well yeah you're making me think about a lot of things one i'm i'm 44 so it's interesting some of the similarities you were in medical sales i was in pharmaceutical sales and I made a career change at the age of, of 30, where I got into preaching full time, preaching the Bible. So I still do that full time, uh, as we were talking about before we hit the record button. Uh, but I, I kind of felt the same way, too, right, where, you know, I had this great job with Pfizer. It, it really opened my eyes, like, to how the world works, and it gave me a lot of confidence. You know, if you can talk to doctors, you can pretty much talk to, <laughs> talk to anybody, but there were some, there were some things, I don't know, it's kind of like a feeling of, okay, like what's next, you know, is there something bigger out there? And so for us, I was married at the time. Um, it was a big move. Uh, and I, I referred to it like as our Abraham moment, uh, Abraham in the old Testament where he was called to move. And there was just a lot of unknown, but there's something about adversity and even just listening to you talk, um, we're, we're studying the book of Philippians and the apostle Paul talks about rejoicing and he says all of this while he's in prison. So there's something about this idea, you know, of how we can still rejoice even in uh, adversity um, for sure. So, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And this idea of grit, I think everybody has it. It's trying to, how, how can you pull it out? And right. uh, let's talk a little bit about that. You obviously have grown in your mental toughness. And so, mm-hmm. Give us some details. What might be some pillars when it comes to, you know, increasing or building mental toughness? Yeah, it's for one, it's it's having that mindset that it can be something you can grow yeah. uh, every day, week on week. And you just you kind of habit stack it, ha- habit stack those. Mm-hmm. But it's it's nothing. Um, it's not really rocket science, man. I, I like to say just do something that sucks every day, even if it's just one thing. Mm-hmm. And that one thing, literally, it's it's still hard for me to do to this day. But I but I do it mm-hmm. every morning, and that's wake up early. <laughs> I love tell to us, sleep. Tell us what early looks like. What does early look so like? So early is like five, okay, five thirty a.m. Yeah. Um, 
I love sleeping. I just do. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah. So I, I just, I wake up early and I've got this morning routine that yeah. I, I just got dialed in, man, over, yeah. um, over, over several years. So and I got, I got, I got to stop yeah. you there. Cause I'm, I'm yeah, really curious. So we can, we can kind of go back and forth a little bit. Tell me a little bit about the morning routine because, um, sometimes people may hear this idea of a morning routine and back in 2016, I started going to the gym at five o'clock because a buddy of mine wanted to work out. And I said, man, if I, if you got to work out at five, that means I got to get up at four, you know, mm -hmm. that's crazy, you know, but I did it and it, it really did have a lot of benefits. And there's some books out there like miracle morning and yep. other people talk about waking up early. Jocko Willick, Willink uh, wakes up early. A lot of people do, but what does your routine look like? Cause I've noticed throughout the years, mine has changed and it's kind of, you know, it will evolve based upon, maybe what I need to improve with respect to grit or growing, but I'm curious about yours. Yeah. It, and, and mine has evolved too. It's funny you mentioned that because it does have seasons, but at its, at its core is whatever time you choose to wake up is, is waking up. Do not hit snooze because okay. you're literally losing the first battle of the day. So, so get up. Get up. Um, I make my bed mm -hmm. because of, um, have you seen Admiral McRaven's? Yes. Yeah, love yeah. It. I had my his, son his read book that. "Make Your Bed." It was awesome. Yeah, yeah I had my son it. read his book uh, "Make Your Bed." Okay, that's that fantastic. Yeah. So I make make my bed right. Got got one thing done. That's going to lead to something else. Yeah. Because um, I, I mean, up to that point, I never made my bed. I just I figured, why <laughs> I got to do this every day? Like just the, and then he changed me as I'm sure yep. he's changed a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I make the bed and then uh, water, mm -hmm. chugging water. Yeah, chug a lug, man. Um, down the hatch so every because when you wake up you're dehydrated mm -hmm. and i love coffee i'm a big coffee guy but if a coffee dehydrates you even further right so first mm -hmm. thing i do boom drink water um then i press the button to make the coffee because the night before so that's the other thing too your actual your morning routine really starts the night before as yeah. well mm -hmm. at least with some of this stuff so the coffee maker is good to go all i gotta do is press the button my workout stuff is is set to the side, so I don't have to to do that in the morning. And then I've got some sort of a plan. It's nothing crazy, but it's like, hey, what what's the one thing I got to get done tomorrow? It's that simple. I think of it the night before. I try to make it as simple as possible. So after I've uh, got that water, got the coffee going, um, what I did for years, because this is how I how I wrote my book, was uh, and I I would uh, wake up do all that stuff. And then I would, uh, I'm big on breath exercises, whether you want to call it meditation, breath work, whatever, dude, it works. <laughs> I was not a believer for a long, long time until I just made it a habit. So I spent about 10 minutes doing my own, um, breath work. And then I've got 10 minutes that I do, um, somatic movement. So basically combination of yoga and stretching, just something I've designed over, over the years. So that's about 20 minutes and man, I'm, I'm ready to go. So typically, uh, then what I do, um, cause I still got about 30 minutes to maybe an hour before the kids wake up and stuff mm -hmm. is, um, I'll work on a passion project. Mm. Yeah. It's work, but it's not my W2 work. It's mm -hmm. what drives me, which was all school of grit related. So at the time it was writing. That's how I wrote the book was I just woke up early. And after I did my little bit of morning routine, I'd literally sit down at the kitchen table, man, and write. And my goal is to write at least 500 words mm -hmm. every day. Um, that has changed. 
And now that the book's out, I, I've got that time. So it's like, cool, what am I gonna what am I gonna fill that time slot with? And mm -hmm. what it has become uh just over the last few months is actually uh walking with my wife, okay. which I which I love. Yeah. So we so she's my accountability partner too. There's there's yeah. lots of mornings we don't want to wake up, but it's like we'll yeah. wake up together now, do our little morning thing, and then uh we'll we'll either uh work out, do a and nothing crazy, about 30 minutes. We'll either work out in the garage, um, go for a walk, or we like rucking, which is just, you know, weighted backpack, go go walk around the neighborhood, that type of thing. So much fun, though. Yeah. Like, really good conversations with the spouse. And just, just um, when I get back, I'm just, every time I get back, I'm like, I'm so glad I made myself do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so that's what mine looks like, man. How about you? How, how's yeah, it's, it's interesting because I'm doing the, uh, you know, make your bed in the morning. So, you know, back in 2016, um, and my mindset was, or, you know, how I would describe it would be basically living two days in one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like by 8 a.m., it's like, man, I, I can't believe how much I've gotten done. So I still like to get my workout in first thing in the morning. I typically do high intensity interval training. So I have some weights in the garage, I have a Peloton bike, so I can hop on that, you know, fairly quickly. Um I'm trying to drink at least 34 ounces of water when I wake up and mm -hmm. uh, I'll do the caffeine as well. Um, there's a podcast, uh, uh, Huberman lab. Um, and I was, in, I got back on Twitter here recently and I saw a post where um, I guess there's some, uh, some data out there saying, you know, delay your caffeine when you wake up for about 60 to 90 minutes to allow your natural hormones to, to regulate and all of that. So I'm starting to experiment with that um, to just kind of delay it a little bit, but, um, I write out my prayers. So that's part of my morning routine as well. That's cool. And then, um, I like to read a book. So I've been focusing on the last few months, um, uh, overcoming worry. And so I'm reading a book right now. It came out, I think in the, the 1930s, it's called, um, how to worry successful or how, you know, how to worry successfully. Uh, by a psychologist by the name of David Seabury. So it's a, it's a really fascinating book, but um, that that's typically my morning routine as well. I love it. It's quiet. You do feel like you are accomplishing, you are accomplishing a lot of things. And I think back like in 2016 and 2017, I had a lot, a, a lot of creativity in the morning time. So yeah. different things that I was trying to create, it happened in those early morning hours. And people often ask, I'm sure they ask you this question too, like, well, how do you wake up that early? And it's, it's what you said, you, you make a decision and you wake up. And I, to me, that sounds like grit, right? If you're going you to follow through, it's going to be a little bit painful, but you know, that's, there's, there's always going to be something worthwhile in it. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta know why you're waking up. That's, that's exactly when in my coaching, that's usually we, cause we hit up, we talk about obviously morning ritual and set your day up for success and, mm -hmm. you know, winning in the mind before setting foot on the battlefield, the battlefield of life, you know, everybody's on the same battlefield. Mm -hmm. And that's the first question I usually ask them. I'm like, why do you wake up in the morning? They're like, well, I got to go to work or I got to get the kids up. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not, you know, we need to find what that why is. And that really goes somewhere into like what you're passionate about or what you like to do or what you think your purpose is. Yeah. Well, I want to go back when you had this this exper uh, experience, right? So uh, this interaction that you had with Mark Levine, this challenging crucible. Um, 
what happened after that? You know, you, you shared with me earlier, you were in medical sales. Did you make a shift because you're into coaching, you're an author? How fast after that did things begin to shift in your life where you're, when, where you're like, this is what I want to do, or this is what I need to do? So I would say my my day-to-day activity um, pretty much changed overnight because when, when I when I graduated, well, actually, yeah, so let me back up a little bit. When, when Mark was addressing our class after we had just gone through, it's 50 hours mm. of no sleep, constant movement, nonstop pressure, physically, mentally, emotionally. I mean, you break down several times. That's the idea. Uh, but what's cool about this camp is the SEALs come alongside you to teach you the tools and the tactics to persevere and overcome. Yeah. It's not just about beating you down and having you quit. Like that's, that's real buds, right? That's a real Navy SEAL trip. If you go, right. Like they they want to weed out the week immediately. And then yeah. if you're, then if you pass, okay, cool. Now we'll train you. Right. Like that's the mentality. This is definitely tough, but they're not there just to break you. They want to see you succeed. Uh, we still ended up losing about 50% though. Having said that. Uh, How many people were in your class? We had about 50. Okay. Yeah, we had one of the largest classes at at the time. Wow. And um, I was, so I think I told you, I was 35. I was one of the oldest people there. <laughs> I had a little bit of gray hair. Yeah. Which is, I got a lot of gray hair that I got a hat on. But, uh, <laughs> they called me Gramps. That was my nickname out there, Gramps. Because <laughs> going up against these 18, 20-year-old dudes, like yeah. really, really wanting to go into the spec op community. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, um. Fast forward into the camp. I mean, it's just, it's pure joy, right? Tears flowing. You've just accomplished probably, if it's not the hardest thing you've ever done in your life, it's certainly one of them. Yeah. And Mark and his infinite wisdom, as he usually does, um, is very good at asking questions. Mm -hmm. And he said, what's next? Yeah. What's next? I'm thinking, man, I don't, I don't know. And I think you have a lot of that. Anytime you do something, anytime you reach that peak, you know, there's always a lull. There's always some sort of depression that sits in because you might not have that next thing to jump to or, or that next goal. It's like, yeah, what, what am I going to do next? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I actually struggled with that post, post the camp. I thought I'd, I thought it was more physical events. And I, I've, I've done other things um, besides that, but nothing really measured up to that experience. But I just, I went back to like, what did I really learn out there? And the thing that I kept coming back to time and time again was uh, serving others and putting others first instead of myself. Cause that's, that camp's designed um, a Rambo or someone who wants to go through by them. They won't make it. I've seen it. And I've also been on the other end of it as an assistant cadre out there. Um, the team makes it. And I just, I really strive to be part of a team like that again and, and have a mission. And um, that's what led me to uh, Mark's uh, sister company, which is called Unbeatable Mind, mm. which is all about teaching you those tools and tactics. They refer to it as the five mountains. So it's physical, mental, emotional, intuitional, and your warrior spirit. And um I, I, I was bought in, man. So during 20, uh, 2020 during the lockdown, yeah. I was like, what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm signing up for the certification. So I signed up to be 
uh, nice. certified coach through through yeah, unbeatable mind it was a year long uh awesome great great experience and uh that's that's really what made the big the big shift into uh coaching you know and and i, I love it i love working with small groups and yeah. just uh, seeing them go off and and attack the world you know yeah. it's great tell us, tell us a little bit about your coaching what does that look like um you, you mentioned a little bit about small groups and the certification give us some feedback sometimes people how would you describe coaching is it the same as consulting um i listened to a podcast by a guy named scott young and he's got a book called ultra learning which is a really great book too Mm -hmm. uh, but he was talking about tutors and i actually had my son listen to it because he's like tutoring is very similar if not the same as coaching and the benefit I think sometimes people can look down. Okay, you know, what do you mean by coach and or tutor? How do you define coaching, and what does your um, coaching um, business or practice uh, look like? Yeah, I, it's a great question because I think it's it's got different meanings. But if you think about it throughout, likely throughout your course of life, you've had coaches in all different mm-hmm. aspects. Whether it's yep. a sport, uh, whether you have a financial advisor, well, guess what? That's a coach as yep. well. Yep. So they come in, they come in many forms, whether or not they actually use the, the C word or not. But I, I liken myself to uh, performance coaching. I wouldn't say peak performance though. I, I like to say I'm optimal performance, kind of what I was hitting on earlier. If you, if you go the peak route, you're going to, you're going to overdo it somewhere and there's going to be some burnout. I've seen that time and time again, or you hit that peak and then behind the peak is is a valley. I mean, there always is. So I'm more, I'm much more about um, optimal performance. How can we have you performing at a very high high rate in all those five mountains that I talked about: physical, mental, emotional, intuitional, warrior spirit. Mm-hmm. But we do that through um, basically. I work with teams and individuals to help them grow grit um, through purposeful adversity, and we really believe in uh, the power of community. And what we're trying to do is really uh, develop what I call um, a warrior class. So that's, uh, that's what I'm all about. And like a warrior class is, I really liken that to two different things. One is, um, setting goals and being able to accomplish them no matter what the odds. And then the second is just the ability to be able to fight for yourself and those around you. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Were you married? I take it when you made this shift into coaching and if so, how did wife respond with this major life and career change yeah so we've been married 17 years man so she was she's been with me through thick and thin she's my rock and um she was with me when i signed up for kokoro camp she thought i was crazy uh (laughs) just like why why would you want to do you know and and again sometimes that stuff's hard to explain but you know it like when you feel it in your heart and it's like i gotta go do this i just i have to and she backed me but i literally told her i'll never forget it um it was the night before and I, cause I would have zero contact with her once that camp started. She, you know, it's like, you have your cell phone on you. They confiscate all that stuff. And she was scared for it. And I said, look, um, you're not going to hear from me this weekend. If you hear from me, um, something bad has happened. Cause I was like, I'm not going to give up on this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't think, I don't know if that put her in the right <laughs> mindset going out, but, yeah. uh, she, she doesn't know what to think sometimes because she'll she'll be like oh who, how was your day and i'll talk you know i get to meet like really cool people that's what i that's the other thing i, I meet people all walks of life 
And yeah. a lot of them, uh, or at least right now, they're all on the internet. You know, they're like yep. my video, my video friends, uh, <laughs> like you. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and she's like, she just thinks I got, she thinks I'm like a double agent. Like I have this whole <laughs> other life. Like I'm Batman, right? Like I, like, yeah. yeah, you got two jobs. You got the W2 that people yeah. do you for. And then at night you're doing all this like super secret stuff. It's like, yeah. well, it's not really secret. It's just, yeah. I, I, I enjoy it. I mean, I, you know, I have my love hate relationship with technology i think as we all do but yeah. stuff like this is amazing like getting to see you and feeling the yeah. energy and i think one thing technology does especially with coaching that i've seen is i i think there's what i like to say uh safety and distance mm. so it's different if you've ever like gone into a room with mm -hmm. a therapist or something like that yep. it's a totally different feeling than uh showing up on camera in front right. of someone and i yeah. i find at least it's just been my experience i think people are quicker to open up man and, and, yeah. I, and I do small groups all it takes is that one person to really yeah. sh sh get vulnerable or authentic and man that's just a catalyst for everybody else everybody starts chiming in and helping each other out and then other people will talk about what what's really ailing them and and mm -hmm. uh, that's that's the magic anyway mm -hmm. that i've experienced and i love that like that's yeah. what gets me going no, I love that too. And I, I love your energy as well. Um, a, a question I wanted to ask earlier popped up. Um, I just thought of it again. You mentioned how the SEALs helped you guys out during those 50 hours. Can you share some of the tools and tactics that they gave you during that time? Or is that private or how does that work? Yeah, you got to sign up for my program. No, I'm kidding. I'm, ha I'm happy to share. Happy to share. Um, there, there's, there's lots of things. I mean, the 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 first one i that i think of is before this even kicked off we're in a loadout room basically like putting all our stowing all of our gear yeah. we got our uniforms ready to go we've got our black cargo pants and our our boots we're making sure everybody's tucked in got your belt on get your name stenciled on the back got your canteens your ruck and your your fake weapon which was a pvc pipe full of sand <laughs> and it's like all right here we go and uh this guy walks in later to find out um he was uh, i believe he was on uh seal team six so one of those uh dev group dudes but he he walks in it's you know very everybody's anxious you could tell you could just tell man i mean you could cut the tension with a knife and he said uh said you guys will be successful if you remember these three words is all you got to remember. He's like, no matter what we throw at you out there, he's like, number one, remember to breathe. Take time to breathe. All right. Cause breathing is going to allow you to do what? Think that's the second thing you need to do. So breathe, think about what you're doing and then execute, do what we tell you to do. Mm. It's like, if you, if you, if you do that, he's like, this weekend's going to be a breeze. Mm. I'm like, all right. All right, I'm gonna try that with my kids, and my kids are young. That did not work. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've gotten better. But I was like, yeah, you just need to breathe, think, and execute. And I was like, okay, you're breathing, you're thinking about what I'm telling you, but you're still not doing what I'm telling you to do. So sorry, we're missing something. But anyway, that's a whole other whole other oh, conversation. So um, yeah. that's the first thing I I can think of. There's lots of lessons. Um, we teach something called uh, the Big Four Mental Toughness. <clears throat> Uh, in its simplistic form, it starts with, again, surprise, surprise, breath. Mm -hmm. So being able to control your breath, especially in chaotic environments 
or, um, you know, just high stress, high anxiety. And really, you, those of you listening, you could practice this right now. Think about any time you've had a presentation with a doctor, mm-hmm. uh, a crucial conversation with mm-hmm. a spouse, a loved something you're just not really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Take note of where your breath is. Mm-hmm. Most often you're holding it. You're holding your breath. You're not breathing. Yep. It's, so if you can just constantly, consciously say, okay, where's my breath? Just take a breath. And it's like, whew, instant. There's like instant relief. Like there's something to this breath stuff. Mm-hmm. And what, as the saying goes, they, they told us if you can control your uh, uh, physiology, you can control your psychology. Because mm-hmm. the two are hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So they taught us uh, breath control out there. Um, they taught us just the art of, uh, positivity, you know, it could always be worse. Oh yeah. It can, trust me. It can always be, there were, there was certain, like, uh, there's something called the goon squad, which is mm. something you don't want to be in. That means you're not, um, up to standard and you need, mm-hmm. you need extra, extra sauce basically. So, um, it could always be worse. So keep that positivity going especially on a team all it takes is one negative person you've experienced it i'm sure uh we're, we're all yep. part of several teams in life yep but all it takes is one negative person and it's like oh here we go that's the stuff's infectious man gotta it is. It gotta is. nip it gotta yeah. nip it and then the other two um were uh goal setting so just being able to you know take this monumental task they're asking us to do and, and breaking it down in into manageable chunks so um you know there were there were lots of just things that they throw at you you're like just the gravity of it it's like how am i gonna there's no way i could do this you just you just got to make it through man small small chunks just like running a race let's say you know make it to the next corner make it to the next stoplight you know what have yeah and then the last one uh was visualization and just the the power how powerful the mind is if you take the time to slow down and literally, you know, see yourself being successful, see yourself delivering that speech or, you know, mm-hmm. coaching your kids or, um, you know, don't let negativity in. It's got to be positive in your, in your mind. Cause that's said it earlier. You know, that's, that's where it, that's where it starts is in the mind. You got to see yourself be successful. Mm-hmm. So, so there you go. That's the, that's the big four. I love it. Toughness. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, let's talk a little bit about your book. You mentioned, um, you know, one thing I'm observing, you seem to be very uh, efficient. You're, you're walking on the treadmill, it looks like, or a walking desk or mm-hmm. something like that. Waking up early, writing 500 words every day. Uh, how long did it take you to write your book? And tell us a little bit about um, what your book is about and some of the benefits in it. Sure. Um, took me forever <laughs> to write the book, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gosh, I tell you what, next to Coral Camp, this is probably the next hardest thing I've ever done. Really? Because it was just, I, I don't consider myself, I mean, I do now, a writer since I'm, yeah. I'm an author. And and it is, uh, therapy. it was therapeutic for me to, to get your thoughts down onto paper. But just, man, like the editing, the edits, and just, it's, it's a big, big, gnarly process. At least yeah. it was for me. And it took me... It literally, uh, from the point that I, that I started to where I am, uh, this year, it took me five years nice. to get to this point. And, and I, I could have gotten it done earlier, but I, I wanted, I wanted it to be, um, I didn't want any holes to be in there for me. 
Mm-hmm. And and I, I went back and, and did a I did a big revision and it took probably added on another year, but I just I knew I had to add it in there. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you what that was in uh in just a second. But the book's called School Grit. And the subtitle is Unlock Your uh Potential Through Purposeful Adversity. And it basically details a lot of what we talked about, why I would choose to go to a camp put on by Navy SEALs to to put myself in in adversity and be up over 50 hours straight. And it uh, literally, it's it's chronological. It takes you through each evolution or event that they were having us um, go through. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of kind of part adventure because I'm taking you along for the ride, like what I was feeling, what we were doing, uh, what it felt like in those moments, what my teammates were saying, what the cadre were saying. And then at the end of each chapter, um, I, I give you the lesson that the SEALs were trying to teach us. And then um, the application to life, that's the part that I added that I didn't originally have mm. was, okay, how do I, I see how that works at, you know, Brad, this Navy SEAL camp, but I don't want to be a Navy SEAL or do anything. How do I apply this? Money? Okay, cool. This is how I do it as a father. Um, as a husband, as a coworker, that type of thing. And then um, shout out to David Goggins because he had me thinking about um, this when I read his book. I, I have a challenge in there too. At the end of every chapter, he he, uh, yeah. he motivated me to put that in there. So there's yeah. 20, 20 challenges in there for you at the end of each chapter. Nice, nice. So I'm curious. Um, I, uh, I was talking to my wife, uh, Nikki, she recently spoke at this ladies event at this um, congregation here in Texas. And, you know, after she got back, she was thinking, and we we're just kind of talking and she said, you know, what's next? Like you have these great experiences and now it's like, okay, well, what's, what's the next thing? And there's a story in the uh, old Testament of the Bible of a prophet by the name of Elijah. And he comes against these other uh, false prophets, and he defeats them in the in the book of First Kings, and then the very next chapter, after he had this mountaintop experience, he he falls into this state of depression and fear, and someone's trying to kill him, and so he runs away. He's by this juniper tree, and he's asking God just to take his life, and it's just a it's an interesting story because he just defeated like eight hundred people. So now one person is saying, "I'm going to take you out," and he he just like collapses and so there's like this 40-day period where he where he rests and he eats and God reminds him of like purpose and uh, things that he needs to do so I was telling my wife you know well maybe the next thing for you is to rest or maybe the next thing is to just you know recharge your batteries you know where I think sometimes there can be a danger of like these big mountaintop experiences how do we keep topping these so this question is you know, when you think about purposeful adversity, uh, whether it's waking up early or making the bed or whatnot, you know, I think a lot of people today have gotten caught up with you know, constantly have to do like something big. What type of advice or coaching would you give, you know, where someone may be struggling, like with what is next or, or what's your philosophy with rest and recovery, mm-hmm. not just like with exercise, but even like even in these big missions, I would imagine with Navy SEALs. Mm-hmm eventually they come home and eventually they have to recover or like an astronaut, then, you know, eventually you got to yeah. come back and regroup. What's your philosophy or what's your thought, you know, about how do we balance all of this, you know, with the adversity and what's next? Yeah. Uh, awesome question. So it kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier. When you look at 
performance. I'm I'm just much more of a optimal performance versus peak for exactly what you just said, because there is that depression, that lull, there's always that valley. And the way I go about opening it up uh, my candidates or my, my coaching clients eyes to uh, optimal performance, I think there's basically six things you need to do every day. Okay. okay. And and these, again, not rocket science, hard yeah. to do though. Like yep. a lot of this stuff reads easy on paper, but you're like, Oh, it's just harder to do than I thought. Um, the first is to get some movement, mm-hmm. whatever your jam is find do something right we got two legs for a reason unless you have a medical <laughs> unless you got a medical reason why uh mm-hmm. you can't move around i mean you know that's obviously a whole nother topic but most of us were are perfectly fine um get out there and move whether that's yoga tai chi walking running crossfit find your jam and do it all right so that's the that's the first thing move a little bit every day uh the second is uh nutrition so, so pay attention to what's coming into your body and, and look at it more as fuel, you know? Um, and I'm not the strictest of, of, uh, I hate the, I hate the word diet. Um, I, I just, I don't have a strict, I eat, I eat when I'm hungry. Basically. I just, I don't eat huge meals anymore. I try not to. And I try to eat like real food. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like not, not processed. Um, am I a hundred percent? No, I'm, but I like the 80, 20 rule. Yep. Cause I'll still have a donut. I still eat pizza, you know, what, whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I'm just a big believer in that. So we got, you're getting some movement, you're getting, you know, you got good fuel coming in mm-hmm. and it's what the next one's what you just said. Sleep, man. You got to sleep. Yeah, absolutely. You have to, rec- especially the older we get, we yeah. need to recover. Um, so Whatever that is for you, I for me it's eight hours. I mean, I just it just it is what it is. I try to get about eight hours. I can that's usually that's tell that. when I've had six, yeah, back to or less, back to back to back. And that's not saying that I don't do that on occasion. Yeah, I mean, there's times you got to burn the candles at both end. So we got uh, where are we at? We got movement. We've got um, sleep. Nutrition. We've got nutrition, and then we've got um, stress. So what do I mean by stress? I'm not saying eliminate stress. I think that's impossible, but evaluate your relationship with stress. Is it you stress? Is it distress? And an example of that might be, you know, you come home from work and, um, I don't know, you crack open a beer. Okay. Well, I mean, that's not the end of the world. I I, I mean, that's just what I believe, whatever, whatever you want to do. But if that one beer starts becoming like three and then before you know it, you've polished off a six pack on a Tuesday night just because you had a good day at work, like, you know, you might want to evaluate that. Just something to take note of. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. That's for you to decide. But, you know, that's that's a form of stress, though. It's a stress reliever. Really look how, um, how really pay attention to how you relieve stress in your own life because it's not going anywhere, right? You're not getting rid of it unless you're going to become a Shaolin monk and you know, in Tibet <laughs> or something, but yeah, that's not going anywhere. Yeah. Yep. And then, um, I want you to also look at your, uh, your social circle circles, your communities mm-hmm. of practice. Who do you, who do you surround yourself with? You know, what groups are you a part of? Um, you know, cause that, that's a, that's a big, big, heavy influence on us. Do people bring you up? Do they suck down your energy? Um, 
try to get rid of the people that uh, that have negativity all the time. You know, it gets tough though when it's family members. I mean, it gets real tough when it's family yeah. members. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. word of caution there, but you know, friends can come and go. I don't have a whole lot of friends, real friends, but the ones I have, like I would do anything for, and they would do anything for me. Mm-hmm. That type of thing. So those those are some those are some things um, I would say that you can do day in day out yeah. to uh, to to start living that uh, that optimal life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then and then those good days they have it stacked. Good days become good weeks, become good months. Not that you might not have a few bad days here and there, but mm-hmm. I just try to keep it basic, man. And then uh, yeah. you know have spend some time really thinking about like what 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 is my purpose? You know that that's a whole nother conversation but and that can take a lot of time to find but you know at least spend some time thinking about it a lot of people go through life without ever thinking about it yeah like what am i here to do yeah that's exactly right yeah well and i like that distinction between optimal versus peak where Mm -hmm. maybe people are just always thinking about they have to be at this this highest level constantly and Mm -hmm. it's like a marathon runner um you know when do they run the marathon you know when you're training for one you run it the day of the race you know not before you get close to the that mileage but you want to be at that peak you know moment for that particular moment so i think that's a great distinction even for me with optimal versus peak where optimal is as you're saying habit stacking very similar to um uh, atomic habits right where you just keep building or you start off with minutes every day uh to to grow that so someone's listening to this and they say, okay, listen, um, I, I want to go over and take that grit test by Angela Duckworth. So I, I definitely am going to do that. Yeah. It's just type about, in a grit scale, man. It'll come right scale? up. That's okay. It. Grit yeah, scale. It's, yeah. it's that easy. I'll let you know what my grit, what, what my grit level is. Yeah, please do. Um, so somebody may be asking, well, okay, what's, if there's only one thing I can do today. So we're recording this on a Friday. Yeah. Uh, so somebody says, okay, look, Monday's coming or Tuesday or whatever. And if there's this one thing I can do tomorrow to help improve my grit, you would say what? I would say find something that sucks. That's good for you and do it. Boom. And I'll leave that up open to interpretation (laughs) because waking up easy might, you know, waking up might be easy for people. I don't want to give, give you a softball or taking a cold shower might not be a big deal. It is for me. Yeah. But there's lots of things that, uh, that fit that, but get uncomfortable, man. Get uncomfortable uncomfortable. every day. Yep. Uh, I have to ask you, I love books. Um, any book recommendations for me or for the audience? Oh gosh. Um, well, I talked about Angela Duckworth's grit book. That was transformative in my life. Uh, Mark Devine has a book called Unbeatable Mind. It's a, mm-hmm. it's it's really really good. There's so many that have had an impact, but those are those are two that I usually always um, talk about. Seth Godin's got a good one called Tribes, okay. um, which is which is really really good. But there yeah. you go. There's awesome. there's three. Well, Brad, this has been fantastic. And I appreciate your I appreciate your time and your energy and your passion. And um, I'm happy you went to that, uh, that 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 week or that those 50 hours of uh, intense uh, pressure and, uh, and exercise and everything like that. Where can people find you if they want to be a part of your uh, coaching program? And where can they find your book? 
Yeah, check me out on um, on my website. It's schoolofgrit.org. So that's not .com. I don't own the domain name for that, and I wasn't going to pay for it. But it's it's schoolofgrit.org, <laughs> and you'll find all my contact information there. Uh, you'll find you can download a, a menu for coaching. I put all my pricing out there, so very transparent as far as what you're getting yourself into. And then uh, if you want to, uh, if you're interested in the book. It's on Amazon. It's the best way to get it. Just check out School of Grit. And um, I'd love to hear from you, man. So you know, re- leave a review. <laughs> so Absolutely. Reviews are very important. Yeah. Final thought for the audience. Final thought. Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Mm. So get uncomfortable. Awesome. Thank you, Brad. Thanks, Benjamin. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you.